Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rising is One podcast. This is Jeff Went, the, the editor-in-chief of uh, Firebird Soccer. And with me this week is uh, Kyle Mackey. Unfortunately, Dominic Kearns is away in New York this week, but you will hear from him shortly. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing good, Jeff. You know, I mean, I think, I think last night, I mean, going back to what we were saying last week, I think it, this was a result that we're fine with you know i mean how it played out was was a little interesting to say the least and it wasn't i mean it wasn't the most exciting game but uh but i'm i'm doing well and i mean we got we got one point so that's always a that's all especially against a team that's right around us it's always a good result that's definitely for sure that's for sure well before we get started here uh let's uh let's give a shout out to our sponsor uh Arizona Sports Complex. Uh, the Rising is One podcast is, of course, presented by the Arizona Sports Complex. Uh, the Arizona Sports Complex is Arizona's premier indoor facility located on the southwest corner of 35th Avenue and Pinnacle Peak Road in Glendale. With newly installed air conditioning, the Arizona Sports Complex is home to youth and adult soccer all year round. Visit ArizonaSportsComplex.com for more information. Uh, tell them the Rising is One podcast sent you, and I'm sure they will uh, hook you up with a, a little bit of a discount to... Uh, to get you going on, on your membership fees. So with that in mind, we will move forward into what we watched or what we witnessed last night. Um, interesting to see that uh, Patrice Carterone decided right away to remember what he did three weeks ago against Sacramento and definitely start the right way uh, Saturday night against Sacramento in going with a uh, four-man back of uh Amadou Dia, Joe Farrell, Mike DeFont, and Cody Wakasa left to right across the back. Uh, with James Musa being the only defensive holding midfielder, then in the midfield you saw uh, Gladson Awako, Kevon Lambert, and uh, I'm sorry, Gladson Awako, uh, Kevon Lambert, and uh, Jason Johnson kind of played 
there, but at times also moved up top. So I, I, he, you, you kind of floated from a from a three-man middle to a two-man middle with three up top, possibly at times. And of course, obviously, you had Chris Cortez uh, with Solomon Asante sitting up top. Um, good to see that he he went with that formation right away. Uh, you know, I, I think he learned from his mistake last uh, three weeks ago that you can't play a three-man back against uh, uh, Sacramento, and, and definitely. Uh, uh, it showed. Um, obviously, for those of you who are watching locally through Cox, you uh, actually got to see it from the beginning. Uh, unfortunately, those of us, uh, including myself, who watched it on the ESPN Plus broadcast, uh, unfortunately didn't at least get into the action until the seventh minute. We're not quite sure why that happened, um, but interesting as it may be, thankfully not a whole lot happened in the first uh, seven minutes that really caused a lot of attention other than uh, Adam Moffitt from Sacramento missing a shot from outside of 35 yards on a free kick. Um, so we kind of get into the into the play. An interesting one right off the bat, 13th minute, Amadou Dia uh, handball, but, but seeing a yellow right away was kind of a little surprising to me. Um, you know, yeah, the arm was out a little bit, I get that, but it's not like Amadou was trying to really you know, exploit himself and, and really cause that handball. But, you know, hey, the ref is, you know, ref's going to do what the ref's going to do. But, you know, so so be it. So Cameron Owasa gets a shot off right after uh, that handball play. Uh, creates a free kick from the from the left-hand side there. Owasa uh, gets a, a shot uh, from the center and just missed the right, uh, you know, off of that set piece from Adam Moffitt. Um, then you kind of moved into the middle parts of the first half. You know, Gladstone Waco got a shot off in the 18th minute uh, that that uh, was saved by by uh, Josh Cohen. Um, then you had a 19th minute shot from Chris Cortez with a header. He just missed it. Um, Jason Johnson got a shot off in the 27th that got blocked. I mean, you could, you could see Phoenix was putting on the pressure a little bit. Um, was able to to move the ball very freely. Uh, you know, looked like they were they were going at it pretty well, um, but unfortunately, the biggest play of the first half comes up in the 42nd minute. And uh, Kyle, let's talk about this one real quick. Uh, yeah, Amadou Dia, you know, gets gets hands, you know, on uh, Yuri Matazic. Um, are we definitely for sure that that was a penalty call? I don't necessarily think it was. I get it that he extended the hands, but like you said earlier off the air, you know, there really wasn't a scoring chance that they were staring at at that time. No, no, not at all. I mean, it was it was on the far right side of the box, right near the end line. So, yeah, it wasn't a scoring opportunity. I mean, yes, Amadou Dia shouldn't have maybe put his hands on him like that, how he did, because, I mean... As we saw earlier on, the ref gave him a yellow for a handball that was kind of questionable, and I think that kind of set the tone for the night, that some of these calls were going to be, you know, maybe a little questionable, maybe a little too close to the letter of the law. And I think in that situation, we kind of saw that. And, um, I mean, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been a penalty, but I think Amadou Dia also could have done better in that situation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a very, very soft penalty call, and but, I mean, we've seen that with, you know, pro referees. You don't really know what to expect game in and game out. So it's uh, it's kind of one of those opportunities that you, you 
or disappointed to see the, that the penalty kick is taken, but um, I mean, luckily it turned out well for Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, I mean, interesting. You know, the the, the play happens in the forty second minute, and it takes almost three minutes. <coughs> excuse me. It almost takes three minutes for Jeremy Hall to step up and take the PK between Carl Wazinski, uh, you know the you know him trying to to hold off as long as he possibly can to uh, you know Mike Defont. Uh, trying to get himself lined up properly outside the box, causing issues with the Sacramento player to you know to his right. Um, but you know Jeremy Hall steps up and wow, I just skied it right over the net. I, I I know he's trying to go for a you know kind of a cheeky little chip down the middle, but boy, he just shanked that thing completely. Yeah, it actually I think I think that the referee's intervention before the penalty kick like that causing it to go three minutes actually helped us i think it uh kind of like in you know the the nfl icing the kicker i think it was the similar similar situation there that hall maybe had too much time to think about what he was going to do and when he went to take it he just wasn't even 100 percent sure and it just skied over the net and i mean we we looking back at it now i think we're not as upset with the penalty call because it wasn't a converted opportunity had it been, had Phoenix uh, been punished for that, I think it would have been much more difficult as a Phoenix Rising fan to to cope with that penalty call. Yeah. Uh, so after that, five minutes of first half stoppage time, no surprise there really, especially with this, as long of a delay as you saw before the penalty kick. Uh, thankfully, not a whole lot came out of that. I mean, the only thing that was a little scary was Solomon Asante went down right towards the end of that first half. But to get out of there, nothing, nothing, and especially to get out of there, nothing, nothing, with a with a shanked penalty at the end of the first half, obviously strong you know strong play from them strong play from them, but lucky to get out of there nil nil. Yeah, yeah, we were lucky, but I, but like you said, I mean that was really the only opportunity that Sacramento had in the first half, yeah. and so so to keep it keep it that tight and to for our defense to just you know keep them out of the net in the first half i'm sure that was carterone's message to them you know let's get through this half even if it's nil nil and then we can see where it goes in the second half so um yeah i mean it was definitely a great result and i mean it's you know it's uh like i said i mean i just think we were so lucky with that penalty kick i think on another day had that been put in it would have been a much much uh tougher match yeah that's for sure so we roll into the second half and right away gladson awako gets a shot right off in the first uh first 60 seconds of the second half that Josh Cohen has to make a tough save on. Um, but play kind of picked up a little bit from there. Carlos uh, Rodriguez for Sacramento in the 51st minute gets a header on from the middle of the box and misses the left-hand side. Uh, at, you know, Then uh, Gladson Iwako gets a shot off in the 55th minute that went too high and over the top. Jason Johnson the next minute later uh, gets a header on and misses to the left uh, in the 58th minute. Uh, you move to the 64th minute where Cameron Awasa gets an attempt on uh, that misses the, the top left corner. Uh, then you have, you know, Johnson gets a, a shot blocked in the 68th. Interesting in the fact that you get you get to this point, you're 70 minutes into the match. and Interesting that Carterone had not made a change at that point. I wonder if part of that is a byproduct of the 10 days off knowing that he had fresh legs and he felt everything was okay at that point. I think that's completely it. I actually was 
watching the game, I was asking myself, why why isn't he making any substitutions right now? We need Regi and Billy Forbes to inject some energy, you know, and catch this Sacramento defense sleeping. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was the 10 days rest. And I mean, he probably was also thinking about how we now have two matches in the next week. So um, I think that he, and I mean, another thing I think, I think Carterone liked what he was seeing from formation wise and not allowing any opportunities from Sacramento. So I don't think he wanted to make any changes to the lineup that he didn't have to because he, he didn't want us to have that kind of, you know, when you make a sub and it takes a couple minutes for a player to adapt, he didn't want to have that kind of lapse in judgment. So um, I think keeping the unit together was smart, but I mean, it, it's also, I was asking for just another player to bring some energy and I think we could have came out of there with a goal. Yeah. I think one of those players that I, I think you and I were probably expecting to see since we did see him on the bench finally for the first time in a few weeks was Billy Forbes. I mean, it really would have been good to really see him interject his, you know, his speed into the lineup. But, uh, you know, obviously didn't make the pitch Friday uh, Saturday night. Uh, the only player that does make the pitch off the bench Friday night uh, Saturday night was uh, Evan Waldrop, who came in in the 79th minute replacing Gladson Awako. Looked like Awako was getting a little... Uh, heavy leg there towards the end and I don't know if he picked up a little knock there towards the end before he came off but you know obviously another opportunity for Evan Waldrop to see some good minutes um, definitely was nice to see I mean he made some decent plays while he was out there in his short amount of time um, really not a whole lot else even even after he comes into the match there in the 80 in the 79th minute the only thing that really happened jeremy hall had a right-footed shot outside the box in the 88th minute uh that was close that missed to the left but other than that there really wasn't a whole lot of you know things that happened after substitute came in you know some some movement up the field i mean i think the one interesting one that that i, I wish i want to go back and see again was that late second half uh call where Cortez was caught offside in uh, stoppage time it sure looked like that ball was played on pretty well but I don't know if uh, I don't know if Chris was offside before uh, getting service on that ball from from Jason Johnson but you know other than that uh, you know uh, you come out of here a zero zero draw it's not the worst result possible I mean granted Sacramento, or Sacramento just come off a 120-minute game on Wednesday night against Seattle Sounders 2 in the Open Cup. I'm sorry, Seattle Sounders FC in the Open Cup. So you're thinking at that point you should be able to exploit them some way, somehow. But like we had talked last week on the, on, the, on the podcast, we weren't really going to be hurt if we came out of this result with a draw. It wouldn't have been the worst thing possible. What would have been the worst thing possible was would have been losing something real late but we you know I think we both anticipated this to be kind of a low scoring game coming into it in the beginning in the first place yeah I I mean I I mean just the fact that it was that we're playing Sacramento and they haven't given up many goals this season and I think none of us expected them to um I mean yeah I mean Phoenix I think coming into the match I expected them to score one I was thinking maybe a 1-1 draw but I mean, no, I think I think it's a good result. I mean, looking back, it's a bummer that we didn't get two because when we look at the standings now, we've we've gone down a spot. But 
I mean, we're still on pace with Sacramento. To lose three and what would have essentially been a six-pointer so early on in the season would have been much more uh, difficult. So, I mean, I don't think it's the worst result at all. I think that now these next two games coming up are very important and we need to push to get six points at home. Um, but no, I don't think it draws a bad result at all. Um, I mean, and especially some results didn't go our way in the league, but I mean, I think that we still are in a great position to uh, to move forward. Yeah, that we are. I mean, you look at the stats from this game, you know, eight shots apiece both sides. The only, only two shots on target by Phoenix Rising in this match, um, you know, you have Jason Johnson hit the post on the one, um, you know, uh, the, you know, the granted the the possession doesn't look the greatest, even though it's fifty three forty six. You know, uh, fifteen interceptions by Phoenix, by Phoenix Rising, which is really good. Three offsides calls, not quite as good. You know, um, uh, one thing that did scare us a little bit: sixty nine and a half percent passing accuracy. That is not a normally a good number for Phoenix Rising. That obviously needs to change. As, you know, as you go forward. Um, you know, 22 crosses in the game. <coughs> you know, that's something we always expect from, from the boys. There's a lot of crosses to come in from the game. Um, only 17 clearances last night, which is kind of interesting. You know, we're really a, a, a really solid team, you know, stacking up against the back. When you're not having to make as many clearances, that's obviously a good sign showing that your, your line of not only your back four, but even your middle defenders, you know, in the midfield, it's obviously showing that they're keeping the ball out of the back half of, you know, the back half of, uh, of the field. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that I think maybe the that lower on the passing accuracy last, last night. I think that, I mean, it, it was against a, a better opponent than we have posted those stats against recently, and. I mean, I think it was part of the fact that we weren't maybe pushing as much as we normally do. So maybe, maybe when we were passing, we weren't always looking for the the best pass possible. We were just looking to move the ball around the field and to kind of uh, just keep the ball away from Sacramento. And sometimes you get get it picked off doing that. So I mean, it wasn't statistically. I don't think it was a bad match all around. I mean, a good result for Phoenix because we didn't give anything up is what is mainly how I'm looking at it. Um, I mean, it's really, it's just going to be tight, I think, in this top four, top two, three, and four spot. I think when it comes down to it, it's going to be, uh, I mean, we're starting to see right now, it's Timbers 2, Phoenix Rising, and Sacramento. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, not, and, and you can't, can't keep uh, Swope Park Rangers out of the mix there as well, even though they're just a couple of points back as well. But, you know, they have a huge game coming up this week against uh, uh, Real Monarchs, which could really kind of shift the standings a little bit. Um, but, you know, all in all, it was a good effort from the guys. You know, they didn't they didn't overextend themselves like they have in previous matches. They looked they looked like they were they were settled into their into their shell. They were settled into their their shape. You know, obviously, you know, you'd like to see a little bit better passing accuracy you like to see more passes come out of it um but you know for for the most part a draw what we kind of expected to get out of this match we'll take the point we'll move on obviously the big part the 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 good part of the schedule for phoenix rising comes up starting this week 
and this is where they need to start taking advantage of the points. And if you know, and if they can't take advantage of the points, these next four or five matches coming up, then we've really got some issues that we really need to talk about. Then at that point, absolutely. And I mean, just looking back at this road trip, you know, we took four from nine. I, I can't really complain about that. I mean, we played all teams that are in the top eight. So we at least we might not be getting the wins we want, but we're getting draws. We're getting points off of the teams in the top eight, which is really what matters. Um, I mean, getting th these next matches coming up, yeah, we need to rack up points. We need to get some wins, especially at home. I mean, we don't have to go back to Papa Murphy's Park this season, so that's a good thing. You know, we pulled away a point from them. That's always a positive result. I mean, I think that we're not we're not wowing anyone right now but we're being consistent enough with our play that we're still in the mix in the run of everything of of the playoffs of even even the western conference championship like you said if if swope's able to pull off an upset against monarchs you know we're still we're still within reaching distance of them so it's uh phoenix is in a great position i mean it's it's just you know we just need to keep going moving forward yeah, we, we need to focus on these two matches this week and get, get all the points that we can. That we do. Well, unfortunately, he couldn't be with us this week uh, uh, because he's in New York. Um, but but fortunately for us, uh, Dominic was able to watch the match last night. So uh, here are Dominic's comments uh, from New York uh, on last night's match. Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. I'm speaking from a rooftop in New York City on Sunday, June 10th. I did not see the rising Sacramento game, but I did see the highlights. I did see the key plays in the match. And I got to say, nil-nil might not be what the people wanted, but in my mind, that's a great result. We showed great mental fortitude. We showed great toughness in denying Sac Republic a goal. I think it would have been a very soft, penalty to concede had Sacramento Republic scored that penalty in the late first half. I mean, let's put it very, very clearly. That was not a penalty by Amadou Dia. I mean, they called it that way, but I think he's just being a normal defender there and the Sac Republic player goes down looking for contact. That would have been a very weak way to lose a match. I think that was a terrible penalty call, but karma saves rising with that terrible penalty. In the second half, I mean, Jason Johnson comes close to a second goal in two road matches, and that would have been a great way to steal a win for our side, but it goes off the bar. That's okay. Looks like we were playing harder than Sacramento the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes, searching for that winner. And honestly, just splitting the points with them in their own building is a solid, solid result. I think some people might be more frustrated with it you know, we didn't score. Maybe we should have gotten the win there. But in my mind, that's a really solid result. And we have a lot of favorable matches coming up. We have Vegas at home. We have Tulsa at home. We have Orange County at home. And I think our next one or two road matches are very winnable. So very, very, very nice slate of matches coming up. So big for Phoenix to get that win. I know... Timbers, too, got a win, so that puts them in second place now. But we're right there. And, look, at the end of the day, just getting a point out of that match is very solid. And 
hey, man, I always find a way to put my two cents in. It is 6.15 local time. There are these things called raindrops coming out of the sky. It's sprinkling here, I guess. That's really weird. I am in New York City, and my really good friend from college is getting married in a few hours. So what a weird day. But you know what? Go rising. Things are looking pretty good. And by the way, if you have not already expressed interest, we are selling T-shirts. Go to the Rising Pod uh, Twitter site, at Rising Pod on Twitter, or contact Dominic Kearns at DomK49 on Twitter. You can even message me, just Dominic Kearns on Facebook, if you're interested in getting an order. Just give me your name and your size because... I got to get a spreadsheet going soon. I will have all the names and the sizes. Okay, I think that's it. Back to Jeff and Kyle for this week. And there's the comments from Rising as One's Dominic Kearns uh, watching from New York last night. Obviously, happy for the result of a draw. Um, you know, it's not points lost. You know, that's the good thing. We move forward, and obviously, like we said, the big games are coming up starting this week. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we talked about it last week. It's A draw wasn't going to be a bad result. It wasn't the most exciting draw out there, no. But, I mean, it wasn't. A, it was kind of what we expected. I mean, to go in there and to get a win against Sacramento would have been great. But that, I mean, that just doesn't happen very often. They're such a good team at home that, I mean, to go in there and just, just to keep them off the board and to, uh, to come out of there with our heads held high, I think that that's all you can ask. That's for sure. Well, let's move on to games that we have this week. Obviously, it starts on Wednesday. It's a midweek match this week. It's another dollar beer night, guys, this coming Wednesday. It's Las Vegas Lights FC, the expansion franchise club, coming into uh, Phoenix Rising Sports Complex. Uh, they haven't played now. It'll be uh, it'll be 11 days since they played last. Uh, they, they last saw the field on Saturday, June 2nd, with a 4-1 win over Colorado Springs switchbacks. Uh, Freddie Adu getting on the board for the first time uh, for, his, for his new club uh, in that match, obviously getting them a big win. They had, they had been uh, on a rough patch you know, at that point. Uh, they, had lost, they had lost three straight and had a draw. Uh, before that, so you know, really needed a win. Got a big win against Colorado Springs. You know, now they move forward uh, into this uh, midweek match against Phoenix Rising. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of excited for this match just to, you know, to play Las Vegas for the first time and to see how this, how we match up against them. I think, I think they're a team that. I don't think they'll be the toughest to break down, but I also think that, I mean, they, they are dangerous. They have some great attacking pieces, and um, I mean, I, I'm kind of weary of them, but I also think that Phoenix can come out of this game with three points. Um, but it's it's really going to be interesting just to kind of see, I think, how we match up against them. I think they're a team that they kind of play that unpredictable game of soccer, Las Vegas does, so against a team like Phoenix... Who uh, who's kind of more consistent in their style of play? It'll be it'll be really interesting. Yeah, that it will be. Uh, some players to watch for Las Vegas. Uh, Carlos Alvarez leads the team in scoring four goals on eleven 
with 11 appearances this weekend or this season. Alex Mendoza has only made five appearances for the club, but has two goals. Uh, Diego Kobayashi has two goals. Joe Hawiki has two goals, and Matt Thomas has two goals. Uh, so that's your goal leaders. Carlos Alvarez also leads the assists uh, on the club with three. Uh, it's Samuel Ochoa who leads the team in shots with 25 shots on the season. Um, and their main goalkeeper, Ricardo Farino, uh, has made 34 saves in, in his 11 appearances, but has conceded uh, 20 goals on the season, which is quite a bit for this Las Vegas club. Um, definitely, I believe that's an area that, that this Phoenix Rising club should be able to exploit very easily. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you were talking about, they kind of have goals all over the team. But I think that if we're, we will key in on Carlos Alvarez and if, if we're able to shut him down and, you know, Freddie Adu and, uh, you know, all their other big name players, I think that we can have a great opportunity. I, I mean, if, if I have to say what I think the score is going to be, I think, I think this could be, uh, two one, possibly three one for Phoenix. I think that I think that we definitely score a couple goals. Um, but I I I'm kind of weary of Las Vegas. I just feel like they're one of those teams that they kind of just pull a goal out of nowhere. And um, I I just think that Phoenix needs to get off to a quick start, especially at home. You know the home crowd's going to be pushing. It's been so long since since we've seen them. It's dollar beer night, you know. So I think I think a quick start's going to be key for Phoenix if we can get a goal or two early on in that in the first half and go into halftime leading. I think that uh, you know we should have this match in hand easily. I agree with you completely. I think they have to come out on the front foot very early. They got to get something on the board within at least the first 20 to 25 minutes, or otherwise this you know this could be a game we're heading down a path where, like you said, uh, one goal could be a difference, and and you just don't know with this club because you haven't really seen enough of them yet to really tell what they're going to do. But but you know that's definitely a concern is you know, is getting off that front foot early. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean I, I'd also. I mean, I'd like to see I'd like to see Billy Forbes play. I don't I don't know that he'll start because he is coming back from injury. But even in this is a substitute role, I'd like to see him play. But I think that yeah, Carterone will probably come out with a strong lineup. I think we might see a three man back line. It'll be interesting just because you know, like we've talked about against the some of the lesser opponents, um, we've come out with a three man back line versus a four man back line like we did against Sacramento last night. So. It'll be interesting to see how we line up, but either way, yeah, we just need a quick start. Like you said, a goal in the first 20 minutes would will uh, go a long way. Yeah, that's for sure. And then we move into Saturday night, and it's uh, Tulsa Roughnecks coming into town, obviously playing them uh, just a couple of weeks ago, getting that big 5-1 five, five win on the road. Um, definitely, you know, definitely got some, got some uh, uh, solid play there in that match. Uh, everybody seeing a lot of good play. Um, obviously, for Tulsa, it's Joaquin Rivas that everything goes through him. Six goals on the season. Nobody else on the team has more than one. So you obviously know 
uh, what you're going to get there. Uh, Fabian Serta, obviously the number one goalkeeper there in Tulsa, 23 goals given up uh, in 12 appearances, but has made 46 saves. So he's really had to do a lot of work. And plus, you also have to remember, this is the only team in the Western Conference that does not have a win on the board yet this season. Uh, one of only two teams left in the USL that has not won a game this year. Uh, Toronto FC 2 uh, being the other club that has not won a game this year. Uh, seven draws for this club. Um, so definitely, obviously, three points are a definite must here for these, you know, for this game on Saturday night for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, this this situation, it reminds me of what in, like, college football they call a trap game to where you play a team that you know is lesser than you, but they're going to be hungry. And especially given that we, we put – five up against them last time you know they're gonna remember that i think that again in this game an early start will be key if we're able to get a couple goals early on in that first half i think that just like last time we played tulsa we'll be able to just kind of pick them apart but i mean it, they they haven't won a game and they're gonna have to try to win at some point but i think if we can score early then you know we can take away that confidence and kind of deflate them but if we let this match get into the 60th, 70th minute and it's still nil-nil or 1-1, I really would kind of be worried against Tulsa because, like you said, they everything runs through one player, but all he needs is one chance. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it that Phoenix has kind of let up some late goals. So I, I really think that in this game we need to score multiple goals early and then we could just kind of run, run a riot against them. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> definitely for sure. No, I agree with you there. So that takes care of uh, the opponents for this week coming up. We'll move into the, into the uh, uh, scores from this past week for the for the Western Conference of the USL. Obviously, uh, big result on uh, Monday to start the week off. Uh, Real Monarchs got a two nothing win over Rio Grande Valley to extend their lead up at the top. Um, games on Saturday, uh, Swap Park gets a one nothing win over uh, Colorado Springs on the road. Uh, a, a big three points that they really needed there uh, coming off of uh, some, some efforts that they had. Um, and obviously the biggest effort that really, if the biggest score that really affected Phoenix rising this week, uh, Portland Timbers two goes on the road, gets a one nothing win at Rio Grande Valley. Uh, it was a first half goal from Josh Phillips. I'm sorry, Jeremy Phillips in the 14th minute uh, that, that made the difference uh, for you know, for Timbers 2. I'm sorry, it's Josh Phillips, my bad. Uh, Josh Phillips, 14th minute, gets three big points for the Timbers, and, and we just continue to be surprised every week by this Timbers team. Um, you know, last year could barely do anything to muster up rosters to get points, let alone get wins, and here they are now sitting second in the West after this win uh, Saturday at Rio Grande. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we can say now this is not a fluke. This T2 team is for real. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's literally night and day versus last season. It's it's kind of crazy, but, you know, sometimes that's what you need for motivation. And I think that, uh, I think that they've just really put a focus in Portland on this, on this reserve team this year. And, I mean, the, the MLS team's been playing very well, too. So I think they're just having some great soccer up there right now. I mean, yeah, it's a bummer that they that Rio Grande could have maybe pulled off a draw or something. You know, T2 getting that win uh, moves us down to third place in the rankings. But, I mean, it, we were talking off air. I think that now these matches against Portland, it's not going to be an automatic three or six points like it was last season. And it's 
it's going to be tough when we play them um, in Portland and in Phoenix on the last day of the season. So it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they end up. I think they're going to be right neck and neck with us when it comes down to playoffs. Yep, that is for sure. Uh, uh, St. Louis got a 3 nothing win over Tulsa, obviously, keeping Tulsa winless on the season. Reno gets a 1-1 draw at home against Fresno. And there are two games going on uh, today as we tape currently. Uh, Seattle Sounders and Oklahoma City are playing. Currently it's a, it's a draw at the half. Uh, and then later on Sunday night uh, it'll be L.A. Galaxy 2 hosting Orange County SC. So that brings us to the standings at the moment prior to the Sunday night game, obviously. Uh, at the top, it's Real Monarchs with 31 points off of 13 matches played. Uh, they've hit the 10-win mark, the first team or first team in USL to do that this season. Uh, it's Portland Timbers 2 in second now, 26 points off of 14 matches played. It's Phoenix Rising in third with... Uh, 25 points off of 14 matches played with a plus 11 goal differential over fourth place Sacramento Republic also sitting at 25 points with a plus four goal differential. Then you go to fifth at Swope Park Rangers at 22 points off of 13 matches played. That's Reno in sixth, 21 points off of 14 matches played. In seventh, it's Orange County, 20 points off of 12 matches played. And currently in the eighth spot, it's St. Louis FC at 20 points off of 14 matches played. Then you get to the bottom half of the table. It's Colorado Springs in ninth, 17 points off of 15 matches played. It's San Antonio in tenth, 17 points off of 12 matches played. Reno, I'm sorry, Fresno FC is in 11th at 16 points off of 14 matches played. LA Galaxy in 12th, 13 points off of 13 matches played. Las Vegas Lights FC in 13th with 13 points off 11 matches played. It's Rio Grande in 14th at 10 points off of 13 matches played. It's Seattle Sounders 2 at 15th and 8 points off of 11 matches played. It's Oklahoma City in 16th. Seven points off of 12 matches played, rounding out the top, rounding out the uh, Western Conference standings. It's Tulsa at seven points uh, off of 13 matches played. Obviously, the big standouts here this week in the standings: Portland moves up to second with the win versus draws by Phoenix Rising uh, and Sacramento. And again, you're starting to see that stretch out now. Uh, even when you look at fourth to fourth to ninth now, uh, it's it's now gone to. Uh, eight points between fourth and ninth, which is solid. Which you know, which is games and you know, there, there's no real games in hand there for anybody. But uh, you know, it's it's 14 points from first to ninth. So you got a few Real Monarchs are in a really good spot right now where they're sitting. But you know, even if you're a top four team, let's say you know at Sacramento at 25, you've got an eight point cushion to Colorado Springs and San Antonio FC and even nine points when you drop to 11th place Fresno. So you can really start to see the gap build between the top four and the rest of the table. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a clear gap that's starting to develop, and I, I think it's the teams that we kind of expected to be in that top four, other than Portland Timbers, too, of course. Um, I mean, it, it, they're just they're the top teams out there right now. They were actually talking about it on the, on the Cox broadcast I was watching last night. When you think of the top most dangerous teams and lineups in the USL. You think Real Monarchs, Phoenix Rising, Louisville City, and Sacramento. 
and that's really about it. You know, there's really just those core top teams, and we're seeing that this season. Um, I mean, it's, but there is that gap that's developing. But I mean, I think there's, I think there's still hope for certain teams. One, one game that sticks out to me actually is this LA Orange County match tonight. If LA is able to get a win, they'll be up to I think, well, depending on the goals, they could be up to ninth or tenth, and right on that playoff spot. And I mean, it's I think that that. I think that LA is one team. LA and San Antonio have the best chance to get up into the playoffs. I think Colorado Springs. I I don't think they're for real. I think, I think that when it comes down to it, they're they're a ten to eleven seed. So it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, there's definitely a gap that's yeah. uh between the between even the top four and the top eight. We're starting to see. You know, there's just those teams that can get it done every week, and then the teams that you know kind of struggle against the top-tier clubs. Yep, that's for sure. And for those of you keeping track of how I did this week in the USL Pick'em Pool, uh, going into these last two games, I was 8-5 and five on the week. Uh, you know, got a couple right, a couple wrong. Uh, but, you know, if I can uh, finish strong here, I could possibly finish 10-5, and five, have a really good week. And, and you know, I want to thank, uh, thank the good people at the USL uh, offices for giving me the opportunity to be uh, the media person to uh, choose the games this week. I had a lot of fun with it. I uh, uh, hope you guys all had some fun with that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's uh, you know, you, you can't always predict the result, but it's it's fun to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that it is for sure. That it is for sure. A little bit of league news this week. Obviously, the big news uh, comes from Albuquerque, New Mexico, as uh, Albuquerque has been awarded a USL franchise for the 2019 season. Um, that will be another great rivalry uh, for Phoenix Rising. A nice little eight-hour jaunt over to Albuquerque to see them play. Uh, they give the fans another option to uh, to have have a nice little fun road trip to head over that way. Uh, you know, Albuquerque has done a real good job, especially with their PDL club, uh, Albuquerque Soul. I don't know if the the name will transfer over. Uh, you know, with them as they they go to Division Two, but. Uh, we shall see. Uh, they, I know they already made their first player signing uh, as well. They announced that at their press conference earlier this week. Uh, starting to look more and more every day, like the more teams you add in this southwestern United States, you know, there's there's definitely looking to probably be a three-conference alignment at least as you head to 2019. There's a lot of teams in this lower half that I think would make a real big difference for that. Yeah, you're you're totally right, and I'm actually I'm just looking at the Western Conference standings right now, and who I think will go to what is gonna, we're assuming is going to be that Central Conference, that third conference. And I mean, I I see St. Louis, Swope, I mean, possibly even OKC or Tulsa go into that Central, and then we all know uh, the Nashvilles and um, Indy Eleven and. You know, uh, Louisville, possibly even all those central clubs will uh, be going to the central division. So it'll be interesting. I kind of feel bad for St. Louis. It seems like they can't get a fair shake on what conference they're supposed to be in. I mean, we've seen them from the eastern to the western, back to the eastern to the western again. And now it seems like they're going to go to the central. So it's it's been uh, quite the journey for them as a team. Yeah, that it has. And then, you know, you factor in the fact that there's been rumors that FC Dallas is, is talking about putting a, a, a 
a team together possibly uh who knows what you know supposedly the status of austin is for next year whether they'll have a usl club or whether it will be the columbus crew that moves there who knows what that situation is going to be but obviously things you know are quite lining up pretty well for that yeah yeah and i, I mean i think i think we all know that it's a matter of time just with with the sheer amount of teams and you don't want to make travel ridiculous for a, for any club so I think, yeah, I think we're going to see these three conferences. I'm just, I'm just really intrigued to see who exactly is going to be moving. And I, I think it's really going to be an interesting conference to, to watch because it's going to be a mix of these teams that have been in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference for quite a while. So to get to see them play uh, regularly will be really cool. Yeah, that it will be. So that's the, that's the uh, league news for the week. Um... We'll move into the uh, supporters section questions, obviously sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex. Uh, not a whole lot out there, just a couple of things. Um, one, one is more of a comment. Um, Harry, Ramen call, at Ramen Call. Uh, no questions, but love the show. One of the better, show, better ones that covers the USL West. Keep up the good work, and I will keep listening. Uh, Ramen Call has been a good friend to the program. Uh, those of you that remember... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Remember Harry? Uh, remember the the uh, epic pepper challenge between him and Dominic Kearns last year? Uh, I got a chance to meet Harry uh, when he came out last year with San Antonio when he traveled on the trip. Uh, it was a great opportunity to meet him and uh, Harry. Love uh, love what you guys do over there in San Antonio. Keep up the good work over there as well. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I mean, like I said, I think I think San Antonio is one of those teams that they still have the uh, the fight and the opportunity to work themselves back in the playoffs. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you on in playoffs, possibly. Yep. Uh, the other comes from Brandon at Brandon SK uh, on Twitter, and he asks, "How many quote unquote personal days is Drogba gonna get, y'all?" Well. If you hadn't already heard, Brandon, uh, the reason for the quote-unquote personal days is because uh, Didier is over in London at this point. He is doing coverage of the World Cup for the BBC network. So obviously he's going to be doing that for the next month. Um, it wasn't – I'm surprised, that, you know, that they would list it as personal on them, but, you know, obviously they have to – their reasons why they list personal on the injury report but most of the people who were in the know knew that Drogba was going to be uh, gone away for this this World Cup cycle as is doing color commentary with the BBC so we wish him all the best in doing that um, but you know it also gives this club a shot to find those players that can be that difference maker that uh, you know can fill his role Obviously, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We wanted to um, see where, you know, what what players could step up, what players could be that difference maker. Um, we obviously saw, you know, uh, Solomon Asante step up and take a free kick that just looked beautiful uh, a week and a half ago in St. Louis. Um, so obviously he's one of those guys that's trying to do that. Uh, you know, you've got Chris Cortez, who's been a long mainstay. You know, you got Billy Forbes, who's coming back to the lineup. Uh, you know, you've got a, a host of players out there that, that definitely want to be that guy uh, that, that 
they can say I I can step up in the absence of a Didier Drogba. But uh, you know everybody obviously knows at this point he's winding his career down. He's 40 years old and he doesn't have the body that he used to have say five or ten years ago. So you know it's better that he kind of slowly walks away from everything at this point. You know and so that the club can actually find out things that they can do. Yeah, you're you're totally right, Jeff. I mean, I think that uh, f- from a Phoenix standpoint, if if we were to have Drogba all this season and then he just leave next season, I think we'd see a huge drop off in our team's play. Just him being there and on the field, even not on the field, on the bench, you know, it instills confidence into our team. So we definitely have need. We've been needing this kind of adjustment, not even adjustment, a learning period to where we can learn what we can do with Drogba, what we can't do, and and what players will take over. I think you, I think you touched on all the guys who who have stepped stepped up so far. I think that there's still players that could step up. I think I think we haven't seen enough from Devin Vega. I think we need to see him on the field more. And I mean Evan Waldrop even. You know, he, he had that one goal that should have been should have been in against St. Louis called off. I think that he's stepped up huge just in the fact that he's been getting into the lineup lately. So, um, I mean, it's it's definitely, if you're a Phoenix fan, you've known that Drogba's not going to be here all season. He's going to do he's gonna do his own thing, which is be Drogba. And that's, I mean, especially during the World Cup, I think he's a huge get for BBC. And personally, I'm looking forward to his coverage. Um, but, I mean, as far as how many personal days does he get, he's the owner. So he gets as many personal days as he wants. <laughs> I think I think that, that there's no one that could tell Drogba, you'd be here this day. I think he tells them when he'll be there. Um, I mean, it, it's it's Drogba. You can't, you can't control him. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's no limit to the amount of days he'll be there. I think, I think we kind of see him more towards the end of the season, at least I hope, just because it will be – you know the end of his career and his uh, his swan song you could say and i think being that he loves this game so much and he loves phoenix he's going to want to be out there uh, not only for the team but just to just to take in the scenes and to enjoy a soccer match for the last couple times so yeah this summer we might not see the most of him but i think we get him back in the fall and we'll see him more regularly yeah exactly i mean when you think about it he's been gone for the last couple of matches i mean Remember, there's there's only four more matches left here in the month of, of June, and you've only got three three matches in the month of July. So, I mean, you're really not missing him for a whole big period of time. I mean, you're going to miss him for, set, let, you know, it's probably, what, seven, eight games you're looking at at this point. You know, maybe close to stretching to ten. But by, you got to think about it. By the time he comes back in, in, let's say, the end of July to the beginning of August, you know, you're looking at fresh legs at that at this point. I mean, you, you know, he may, may be 40, you know, but but all this time off, you got to think is going to help him, you know, as you go down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, he came in when he came into Phoenix last year. He came in and he was hot. And I, I mean, if if we all know Drogba, I think we all we can all expect that he's still staying in shape even though he's off on duty. I'm sure that he's still keeping his fitness up. And yeah, when he comes back, I think. I think he'll be fresh. He'll probably be, yeah, rejuvenated from watching and, you know, talking about the World Cup and excited to get out there himself and to start playing again because he's a player that just loves the game. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is a bad deal for Phoenix. I think, I mean, like you said, 10 games. I think last season, I don't know how many games we had without him once he was with the team, but it was probably somewhere around that due to injury and other commitments that he had. So, I mean, he's winding down to the end of his career. He's not going to be a 90-minute 
player consistently. But I mean, when we have him, we just need to enjoy it and uh, you know and, and take advantage of every second. Yeah, and just imagine. I mean, if you're still sitting in a spot where you're, you know, where we're at right now, you're a point out of second, you know, but you know, deep enough, you know, ahead in the top four, you get him back, and you're still sitting in that spot in the standings. You know, well, anything's possible that that he can help. You know, be that person that could create that extra three or six points that could mean the difference of being, you know, a second place team or or sitting in fourth or fifth. So I mean, you know, I'm not too worried about it. You know, we have the depth and we have the squad that can do this. Yeah, no, this honestly, this is the perfect time for him to be gone because, like you said, we can we can build our depth. Players can get some playing time and you know improve and. I mean, when we really will need Drogba is the postseason. You know, we'll need his leadership and his his veteran knowledge then. So if we can have him then and then have a team that can cope without Drogba or play even better with him, yeah, like you said, we'll be an even we could be an unstoppable force come playoff time. So it's I don't think it's a bad uh, bad situation to be in at all. Yeah, I don't think it is either. So that takes care of the supporters section questions for this week, sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex. And speaking of the Arizona Sports Complex, uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast next Sunday, meet us live out at the Arizona Sports Complex, southwest corner of 35th Avenue and Pinnacle Peak Road in Glendale. We will be doing a live show next Sunday from 10 a.m. to about 11.15, we're going to guess. Uh, we're going to be joined by the guys from the PRFC Fan Show. Uh, we'll give uh, Mike and Kevin a shout-out here. I'm sorry, Rick and Kevin a shout-out here. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to uh, sit with them and uh, talk about a week's worth of games that uh, we'll have. Uh, we're going to, you know, the, the guys will be there early to watch the, the Mexico game Uh you know, for World Cup, uh, we'll tape in between uh, the Mexico game and the Brazil game, which starts at 11. So uh, we're going to try to tape our broadcast uh, in between those two. Uh, you might be able to watch it on the on uh, the PRFC Fan Show's YouTube page. We'll see uh, how that's all going to be set up and everything. But uh, we're looking forward to having a great time. We're going to have our T-shirts out there. Uh, if you want to pick up a T-shirt, $15, uh, you can get a look at them on our Twitter site. You can get a look at them on, on Facebook. Uh, we got everything out there. Uh, granted, we have a small order on the first order, but, uh, you know, we plan to order more if, if the, uh, you know, if the demand is out there for them. Uh, there's some nice-looking T-shirts. We'll be wearing them when we get there. Um, but uh, we look forward to having a great time out there next Sunday doing a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure, I can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure that this is the first live podcast for the Rising as One pod, so huge deal there, and I mean, why not just come out and hang out, like we said, the Germany-Mexico match is starting at 8, and I mean, that's going to be a cracker itself, and then yeah, watch watch Brazil-Switzerland after we record the podcast, and those t-shirts, I'm, I'm super pumped to get mine, I think they're going to be sweet, and I mean, yeah, like Jeff said, uh, we may only have a few right now, but it's supply and demand. You know, if you come out there and buy them all, we could place an order the next day to get you guys some. So it's uh, it's definitely exciting. Come out there and support the podcast and, you know, just come chat with us. If you have a question or just want to see what the podcast is about, you know, it'd be uh, it'd be cool to get to engage with everyone who listens. Yeah, it'd be a great opportunity to, to get to meet some fans that, uh, uh, you know, we, we see you on, on Twitter all the time and with your comments and everything. If you have the opportunity to come out and see us, you know, by all means, come out and see us and let's have a good time. And, 
And uh, yeah, I know it's Father's Day and everything, but uh, you know we'll, we we all make it work, and and it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, tell your dad you're gonna go out to breakfast and bring him there, and you guys can do a brunch. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So at this point, that brings us into uh, closing comments for the week. Uh, I'll let you go ahead, Kyle, and and, and get it started. I mean, this is. I mean, it's not a game to be disappointed about. This result, I think it was it was the fair result, that's for sure. I think, I mean, yes, Phoenix had some good opportunities, but we were going up against Josh Cohen, who we all know he can make those great saves. And on the on the two times he was called out, he made a save. And then I think, I think our best opportunity was that Jason Johnson shot in the 69th minute that goes off the post. I think that was one where I could really say on another day he puts that in and we walk out of Sacramento 1-0 but I mean it, it draws a great result this club's I mean we say it every week we're still in a great position you know we we maybe haven't gotten all the wins we'd like but you can't be greedy you can't win them all um so I mean it, we're still in a great position coming up to this week it is going to be a huge week but it's it's two home matches I think I think Wednesday I hope that the crowd's going to come out I think dollar beer night is going to going to motivate a lot of people and i think seeing las vegas i think a lot of people are going to be interested to see this team they've never seen play before and then saturday night against tulsa i think there should be a really really big crowd i mean this is just a match that we uh we need to win so bad and i mean i saw online there there was a deal i don't know if it's still going on but if if you bought tickets to one match you got free tickets to the other so i mean this the box office is definitely trying to motivate fans to get out to the match and i think these are going to be really really good games i mean overall i just think we're doing what we should be doing you know we're still we might not be top two we're still top three you know we're still uh we're still grinding out these results I think that getting a result against a draw last night against Sacramento and not giving up a goal, I mean, that's the biggest thing is not giving up a goal, keeping that clean sheet. That's huge. I mean, good to see Carl Wazinski back in net. I think that we just need to focus. You know, we've been taking it match by match, and that needs to continue to be our approach because when we just look, are looking at the short term, we're just we're able to consistently perform. And we, I, I think that we need to not worry so much about, oh, you know, six months down the road or playoffs you know if we just keep focusing each match i think we'll uh we'll get the results we need yeah you know the next six matches are all very winnable matches you know we've talked about las vegas tulsa rio grande orange county fresno seattle sounders too those are the next six matches on the schedule for this club all six of these are very winnable matches i mean if if you think anything the, the two matches that would probably scare you the most in that group of six would probably be Orange County and Fresno. But even still at that, we, you know, Fresno, you know, with us was a draw because we went down and man and we fought back and got the draw. Orange County, we played to a draw because that was the first game of the season we had played. But Orange County is a different team at this point. You know, I think all six of these games are winnable. And if, if we win those six games, that would set up a huge matchup at the end of July with uh, Phoenix Rising traveling to Salt Lake uh, to play Real Monarchs. And, boy, what that what a match that could be when you get to that point. But like I said, you know, we're looking way ahead at this point. But obviously, you know, the focus this week is six points are critical here. I mean, you're playing a Las Vegas team that you're kind of catching, you know, on a lull because they haven't played in 11 days, but they have struggled for a while. You're catching, 
you know, a Tulsa team that hasn't won a game this season. They're, they've only got seven points off of seven draws this season. So that's a very winnable game. I mean, these are six critical points here that can push us back up to second place in the standings and definitely give us the momentum as we move forward through the end of the dog days of summer here to get us in the right positioning that we need to be as we get down the stretch. <coughs> but, I mean, for the most part, we've got healthy bodies now. We're only a couple of guys out injury-wise which is really looking good at this point. So, you know, to get Billy Forbes back in the lineup will be key. To get Alessandro Rigi back in the lineup will be key. You know, it, it'll be great to see this team back at full strength again like it, like it needs to be. We get to that point, and, you know, like we've said, you know, the sky is the limit at this point. So that – go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, you're spot on. And even though I was talking about not looking too far ahead, I mean, if if we do win those six matches and Monarchs slips up in a match or two, you're right. I mean, that, that July 29th game in uh, in Utah and Salt Lake City could be huge. You know, that could be the Western Conference final right there. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it's all how Phoenix takes these next six games. I mean, like you said, they're all winnable. They're all teams that we should beat. I mean, it'll really come down to that night and to see how things play out. I, I think, yeah, Orange County, Fresno. I mean, Orange County, I think I think that being that it's at home, we should fare well against them. Fresno, I know that one's on the road, but I still think that we could we could pull out a win there. They've uh, they've not been the strongest team this season. So yeah, I mean it's we definitely have a have a great schedule coming up. I mean the one of the toughest parts of the schedule all season that we were talking about in the preseason, it's over now. You know, those three matches, the the Swope, St. Louis, Sacramento, all on the road, those three were the toughest three road matches, in my mind, other than going up to Monarchs and now T2. So, I mean, I think that Phoenix, we still are in great position. Like you said, we're getting healthy. So, I mean, just keep doing the right things, and I think the results will keep going our way. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the Rising is One podcast. Uh, we thank Dominic for joining us for a moment uh, from New York City, uh, enjoying a weekend back there. Uh, Kyle, thanks for joining him again this week. Um, can't wait to see everybody next week uh, over at the Arizona Sports Complex for our live broadcast of the Rising is One podcast with the PRFC Fan Show. Uh, look forward to that next Sunday. And until then, uh, have a great week, everybody, and go Rising. Yeah, go rising. we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.